Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. One of the things that I want to talk to you about this evening is, um, is something that a lot of people may not have paid attention to, but I will say to, um, to us, and I, I'm hoping that I don't become so intellectual and lose you. I don't become so um, so off and, and, and lose you, but I want you to see where I'm going because this is the real essence of, of why we are called. Life is spiritual. And because life is spiritual, there are certain things that are ignored as the main essence of significance. There are certain things that we look at and we don't know that these things are spiritual significances. Spiritual. In fact, many people come by um, certain spiritual moments and they miss them because they are very carnal or they are very natural. There are certain orchestrations in this year that God is going to bring you through that are key for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are certain orchestrations. There are certain um, 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 portals, so to speak, that God will expose you to in this year that are very key for you. And one thing that you must understand is that life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. You see the way a lot of people pay attention to how they wash their clothes, how they iron their clothes, how they um, 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 eat food, how they take a nap so they are strong. That's your natural carnal life. But there is a spiritual life. There is a spiritual life to feed. There is a spiritual life that is in existence simultaneously with your natural life. In fact, if I'm going to title this message, let me call it The Other Cause. The Other Cause. Because if a man is moving in one cause, there is another cause that is of spiritual significance that is not actually in the natural. That is not in the natural cause. So that if I see your life, I can interpret your life from the things that you're going through, but... If the Holy Spirit was to write your biography, your story will not be what you will interpret. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Let me tell somebody, say, life is spiritual. Look at somebody else and tell the person, say, life is spiritual. The way you guys are looking at me this evening like you're hungry. Is it a physical hunger or spiritual hunger? I don't understand what's going on. You know when Cynthia came, she held the mic, she said, people should smile. There's something happening today. I break it. I lose your mind to receive the word. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, life is spiritual. Tell yourself, say, life is spiritual. Do you know your life is more spiritual than natural? Your life is more spiritual than natural. Highly, highly spiritual than natural. There are spiritual significances. You can write that down. There are spiritual significances. There are spiritual moments. Spiritual. Spiritual. There are, there are certain encounters that you have that are spiritual. So, we can actually say that there are moments of spiritual significances. Moments. And we can actually say that there are persons or personalities of spiritual significances in our lives. Because as you are living life, there is another cause that is Actually, another narrative of your life. See, do you know that when Jesus, when Jesus came, one of the things he said is that, 
according to what is written to me or written of me in the books, I desire to do his will. Because there is a spiritual cause of what is written of Jesus. There are certain things that Jesus will have to go through that are spiritual orchestrations. So, if I called Mary, for example, who is the mother of Jesus, and I told Mary, tell me the story about Jesus. Mary might probably tell us things that are not in the Bible. But the Bible says that the the scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, they are written by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Meaning that some of the things that we see written about Jesus are the spiritual significances that happened in the life of Jesus. So, it's not every detail of Jesus that is necessary for spiritual significances. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you that you have two lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you that as you are living the natural life, you meet your friend today in high school. You meet another. His name is Jonathan. His name is uh, Poe. You meet... Uh, you, you see, as you are meeting those people in the natural, there are certain people you meet that are of spiritual significances. And you must be able to draw the essence of these people. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so those moments that we call spiritual moments happen, sometimes they happen as encounters. Encounters. How many people have had an encounter here? How many people, if, if you have... Don't be shy. Lift your hands if you have had an encounter before. Let me see your hands. If you haven't, you have one today. Your amen is so weak. Your amen is so weak. You know, these moments happen as encounters. How many of you remember the story of of um, Jacob? The Bible says that Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 from verse 12 you know, the Bible says that jo- uh, Jacob was sojourning. He was traveling. And when he saw it was evening, scripture says he decided to lay his head there. And the moment he put his head there, he went off into sleep. And then he had a dream. And all of a sudden, there was the appearance of a ladder. And God stood from the top of the ladder in heaven and announced to Jacob, he says, I'm the God of your father, your grandfather, Abraham, the God of your father, Isaac. He says, this land where you put your head, I'm going to give you. Now, those are spiritual moments. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those are spiritual encounters. There are certain things that happen in the life of Jacob that are not in the scriptures because they are not relevant. They are not necessary. But spiritual moments... That's the real cause of a man's life. So, let let me shock you. Let me shock you. There are are so many experiences that many of us have had that have no spiritual significance. But there are certain experiences that we have had that are key to the essence of what God wants to do with us spiritually. So, So, Jacob had that spiritual moment. And the Bible says where his head was. God promised. He swore that I would give you this land. He swore. He says, I'm the God of your father. Isaac and Jacob. This land, you will have it. I feel some people came to Abuja not not being sure that they will possess Abuja. But guess what? You are possessing Abuja. Are you you getting what I'm saying? You You are taking Abuja. You are, you are, for those of you who God gave you a vision, God gave you a passion. See, your passion is going to grow and swallow Abuja. But you know what? There was a time, maybe, that while you slept, God said something to you and you forgot it. And it was related to what He called you to do in this city. See, that's a spiritual moment. Because it is key. When the Holy Ghost writes the biography of your life, those are things he will never omit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because if I give you a pen and a paper right now, and I ask you, write the story of your life, 
Some of you will begin from the day you were born, where you were born, the house you grew in. All those can be important. But guess what? If the Holy Ghost is writing the history of your life, in fact, sometimes your life may start from the age of 20. Because you came in touch with spiritual moments that were key for your destiny at the age of 20. It became clear to you. It became, it became revealed to you, so to speak. Those are moments. Those are spiritual encounters that Jacob had. He said, God is here and I didn't know. How many people have been passing God? In fact, do you know, God says, I swear, I feel like saying this to someone. I feel like swearing on behalf of God. Are you getting it? But God says to someone that you will take some things that are waiting for you. And the reason why nobody can take it is because you've not come on scene yet. They are waiting for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, don't play with those moments where God revealed certain things to you. Some of you, you have dreams and you have open visions. Those were encounters. Write them down. Go back and wage war on these things. Life is spiritual. Life is not canon. It's not about the primary school you went. It's not about the university you went. If it has no spiritual bearing according to what God has called you to do, it's not important. Are you getting what I'm saying? There were certain encounters that personally I had in school. See, and guess what? You know, I I told you um, um, moments, right? I told you spiritual moments. That life is spiritual. And because life is spiritual, there, there are moments of spiritual significance. Some of them are encounters. There are others that are not encounters. They are even failures. There are incidents of failures in your life. But they are of spiritual significance because God will use them. You see, when my brother Enoch was talking about um, certain things and he's shaking his head, but guess what? This guy is a preacher of the gospel now. He's a preacher of the gospel now. Guess what? There are some things that you've experienced lately, okay, and, and God has been dealing, you, dealing, dealing with you about your, the, the graces that will come out of you to heal the nations are in those weaknesses. Okay? There, that's where, you, you, in fact, how do I put this now? Sometimes you might have to almost lose your mind to change your mind about certain things. Sometimes you might get to the wit's end of your capacity and your ability and then you see God take over. God likes it when he's the author of your strength. He doesn't like people who brag in their strength. Paul was praying. He said, God, if it's possible, take this thing away from me. Three times the Bible says he's prayed. But God didn't listen to him. Three times Paul prayed. He said, Lord, if it's possible, this thorn in the flesh, take it away from me. But God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Because when you are weak, that's when I show myself. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Life is spiritual. There are failures that are of spiritual significances for you. I'm talking to people who have had events of failures in their life. And you might be here. Maybe you're a lady. You're a young man. You're here. Guess what? Everybody has had failures. There are some things about myself. If I tell you, I would hide under the table after I've told you. Yeah? Everybody has moments of failures. But God knows how to work them. Are you getting it? You don't carry salt and pour salt into your mouth. It's not sweet like that. It's when you add it with something. God knows how to add your sufferings. He knows how to add your weaknesses. He knows how to add his grace. And then the Bible now says all things. He said, for we know. I'm not ignorant of the fact that all things work together. Pastor Victor said, it may not be good to me, but it is good for me. Eventually. Say all things work together. To those who love God. He says, I know. I'm not, I'm not unaware. Remember when I was telling you the other day about how you are, your life is like a key. How you see a key that is broken in certain places. But you see, those broken pieces or those broken shapes of a key is what qualifies the key to be the key for the door. 
sometimes when life breaks you, it's because he wants to use you as a key for some doors. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Failures. Look at David. Who would have known that David, who made a mistake, yeah, with um, um, Uriah's wife. In fact, apart from lying, he killed Uriah. And then he slept with her. But if you are reading Matthew chapter 1 verse 6, you will see the difference. When God is interpreting the spiritual significance, he doesn't take account of the failure. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? When God is interpreting the spiritual, do you have the, it says, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot what? Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, don't play with God. Don't play with God. Somebody saying God is not fair. Why is, why is Solomon a part of the lineage of Jesus? Who is of the products of an adulterous relationship? That's an unfair situation. That is when failure is coming to spiritual significances. Failure. Who is here with a third class? There's somebody who is here with a third class. I don't know who you are. I'm not expecting you to lift up your hands. <laughs> because when I asked, some people were like, Pastor Phil, how far? <laughs> don't worry. But, but hear me. Hear me. Your life is not in your certificate. Your life is not in your certificate. In fact, the greatness of your life is going to be beyond what you came out with. Beyond. When failure is brought, when failure is brought into significance, life is spiritual. I've come in the volume of the books that is written of me that I may do your will, O God. I've come in the volume of the books. There there are different narratives of the Holy Ghost. The narrative of the Holy Ghost is not your narrative. Some of you, if I ask you, explain your life. You can't explain your life based on the narrative of the Holy Ghost. But guess what? Life is spiritual. And you know what? The way God sees is not the way man sees. It's not. And I told you about moments of spiritual significances where some of them happen by encounters, right? I told you how some of them happen by failures. There are also moments of spiritual significance that happen by um, happenings. There are events in your life. There, There are certain events that are ruling in your life. And you wonder why certain things are happening to you. Now, those events are spiritual significances. They're not accidental. They're not. It's not a mistake that you are where you are. Do you understand? Those, those moments of unexplainable happenings, even beyond your prayers and beyond your fasting, but certain things are still happening. Those things are of spiritual significance. They are not ordinary. Are you getting me? They are not. They are not. Happenings of the spirit. Look at Jesus one day. The Bible says Jesus was going from Judea in John chapter 4. Jesus was going from Judea to Galilee. And every Jew knows that if I'm going from Judea to Galilee, in between Judea and Galilee is Samaria. Alright? And Samaria um, are a group of people who are seemingly a mixed race of the Jews. So therefore the Jews don't want to have anything to do with the Samaritans. So what the Jewish man will do is that he will rather go around and travel all the way and come back to Galilee. 
instead of going through Samaria. Why? Because the Jewish man's pride does not want to associate with Samaritans. In John chapter 4 verse 4. But the Bible says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. See, there are some things that God needs you to go through. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some things that you have to go through. There are some things. He said, said, but he needed to go through Samaria. And, And guess what? When Jesus was going, he was hungry. Right? As he kept as he kept moving, the Bible says he got to a point where he became tired and weary of, of his journey. So he sat down at Jacob's well. See, there were two narratives going on. There was a narrative of the natural and there was a narrative of the spiritual. And I, I don't know if Jesus was led by the spirit to just go to Samaria or go through Samaria. Has anybody here been led of God to do certain things? You could not explain them, but after a while, in retrospect, you had explanations. Is anybody here? That, that when, when God actually, there was a prompting in your, in your spirit, and God said, I want you to do certain things. And when you started to do them, you didn't know why. But when you finished, it was clear that this was God. This was God. The Bible says that when he got to Jacob's well, he was tired. And then he sat down. And then he began to ask the woman. Uh, I mean, he was waiting for the woman. A woman came and, and Jesus initiated a conversation. He said, um, please, I need water to drink. Now, if you look at the natural narrative, you see a hungry, tired Jesus who, according to the natural eyes, nothing was going to happen. But in the spiritual do you have that scripture? Yes, it says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Move to the next verse. He said, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food for hungry Jesus. If Jesus was hungry, who are you? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. If Jesus was hungry, who are we? Not to be. He said, for man shall not live by what? What does alone mean? No, it's not, it's not bread and butter. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by bread and butter. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Meaning that as you are living in your natural by bread, you are also living by the spiritual bread. Are you getting it? So, um, John says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health. Even as your soul prospers. So while your soul is prospering, let it reflect in your body and your relationships. And, and I say to you that the degree to which your, your body prospers, okay, and you're in good health, is the degree to which your soul is prospering. Look, if you're, if you're chasing prosperity, don't look for money. Look for the prosperity of your soul. That's why I cherish people who come to church every time. Many of you, those of you who are very close to me, you know what Pastor Phil does not like. You already know that I don't like it when you don't come to church. Because there are certain things that you hear just being in church that comes to you because you are there. I'm not talking about applying the word of God in faith. I'm talking about the anointing. Just being there, Jesus said, and these things are fulfilled in your hearing. These things are fulfilled in your hearing. It means that as he spoke and they heard, there was a fulfillment. Just because they were there to hear. So it's key to be in church. Key. Look at your neighbor and say, don't play with moments of the anointing. Go back to John chapter 4. Go back to John chapter 4. Go back to John chapter 4, yes. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Next verse. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Next verse. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God. Now see, there are two narratives going on. There's a natural narrative of Jesus going through Samaria. And Jesus also being tired, trying to rest on Jacob's well. 
and looking for water to drink from a woman. And hoping that he will take the water from the woman and go his way. That was a natural narrative. But there was another narrative that was in play. Spiritual incidents. Spiritual happenings. See what is happening here. Jesus said, give me a drink. You would have asked him. No, no, no. Let's start. It says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, this is Jesus who asked the woman, give me water to drink. Now, he's the one telling the woman, you need water from me. Are you getting something is changing? See, and, and let, me, let me advise that when you are going through life, you must understand what the spirit is trying to say. Some natural people would have sat there, madam, give me water. And, and possibly fight the woman and take the water and go. Not knowing the spiritual implication of the essence of that meeting. That meeting was for the woman. Not because Jesus was thirsty. Guess what? You are in situations not because you need help. But because somebody else needs the help. You are in, you are in, a, you are in a situation right now. Because God wants to use you. He trapped you by your problem. He trapped you by your situation. And he wants to use you to express grace to somebody else. That's a second narrative. Spiritual happenings. The natural happening is that something happened to me. Hey, I need help. But there's a spiritual narrative. This woman, that's your number one evangelist for this town. See what's going on. He says, give me a drink. And then let's move to the next verse. The woman said to him, Sir, address is changing. Do you know when you truly become graceful, the way people refer to you changes. Okay? When you become extremely graceful, when what comes out of you is life, people become, they give you regard. If you are the type that your words pull down people, all the time. In fact, when people see you, they dodge you. The Bible says that grace is poured upon your lips. He has made your tongue like the pen of a ready writer. When, when people come in touch with you, okay, the first Adam was a living being. The last Adam was a life-given spirit. Let the fragrance of Christ come out of you. Because you don't know what is at play. Do you know how many moments we have missed? Just because we stuck to the natural. There, there was a time where your mother was trying to talk to you and you picked offense. And you thought it was about you. But it wasn't about you. It was about her. And you got upset. <laughs> Do you understand? You got mad. There was a time where your friend really needed something. And because you were in a problem, you couldn't hear him. And all you needed to do was to follow the incidents of the spirit because there are two narratives going on. Life is spiritual. It's not natural. Hallelujah. He said, where then do we get that living water? She's now asking many questions. Next verse. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this, see, Jesus stayed there. He didn't get distracted by her questions. He kept on preaching his message. He said, the water I will give to you, if you drink, you will never thirst. She kept asking questions that were distracting. And he said, look, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. He stayed there at the spiritual significance. How many meetings has God orchestrated you to have with people and all you could see was what they were wearing? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? How many times have God fixed appointments for you with your destiny and because you didn't recognize the spirit, you blew it? There are spiritual moments. There are spiritual happenings. Hallelujah. There are spiritual happenings. At the end of the day, what happened in this story is that the woman got convicted that this was the Christ. And she went about publicizing Jesus in the whole city, 
said, come and see the Messiah. And the Bible says, Jesus stayed there for two days. Guess what? The disciples brought the food for Jesus. But Jesus did not eat. He's, are you getting my point? He switched the story. Because this was somebody who was hungry and tired. Who sat down at the well. Wanting a woman to give him a drink. Expecting food from his boys. And then when the boys finally brought the food, Jesus said, hey, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. Because he was in the middle of an assignment. May you understand your assignment. And see, when I'm talking about callings, many of us think, oh, go and open church. Oh, go and do big business. Hey, your calling or the assignments many times are in the conversations. They are in the, they are in the, in the one-on-one talk with people. I know how just a smile stopped a girl from committing suicide. And if the girl didn't tell you that your smile stopped me from committing suicide, you would never know. Praise God. Life is spiritual. Look at your neighbor and say, life is spiritual. You know, some of us come on, under, under the anointing. You come, you come under the power. And many of you don't understand that there are spiritual moments that are setting your life in course. There are spiritual things happening to you. There are certain things that are going on in the realm of the spirit. Awakening your senses that your faith come alive to purpose. But many of us miss it. We think, oh, coming to church is a chore. We think coming to church is, is a time of showing our dresses or our fine native attires. No. Coming to church is refueling. Coming to church is where there is accentuated faith. The Bible says, forsake not the assembly of the brethren. Coming to church is where your faith is sharpened with somebody else's faith. And you go back there and you express who God has called you to be. There are many of you who are looking at me, in this year you are going to do exploits. But guess what is going to be because of your associations. There are going to be spiritual moments of connection. Uh, we were in the conference uh, for, for four days Conor Moyer was there and he made mention of a word he said holy coincidence holy coincidence you thought it was by mistake it was not a mistake what kind of mistake it was an orchestration there are some people you meet it's an orchestration events happenings of your life spiritual moments when my father, when my father um, um, received a, a, a calling to take his ministry to the next level, he was in a separate doctrine, um, a doctrine that he doesn't necessarily um, run by now in his ministry. But one of the ways that God orchestrated special happenings was to put the revelation of the Archbishop Benson Idahosa into his sleep. Every time he slept, he kept seeing Archbishop Benson Idahosa. He would wake up in the morning, he would tell my mom, he said, I saw this man in my dream. There is something God is telling me about my ministry. Guess what? Not up to three months or four months, Archbishop called my father from Benin. My dad was in Canada. He called him. He says, Belo, I've been hearing your name, Belo. And I hear you are doing a great work in Canada. Come to Benin. He took my father, introduced my father to so many people, and then my father's philosophy of ministry began to change. There were happenings. And, and it brought a revolution in my father's ministry. And today we are running with that revolution. Sometimes when you meet people, it's not by accident. After he left, my father knew. He said, I found a father that I've been looking for. My father cried so much that day. When I heard that the archbishop passed on, I walked with my back for certain distance. Short. See, life is spiritual. I, I didn't understand how God connected me to these people. I, I did my medical training for nine years in school. Not because I was dull, but because of accreditation issues. Amen. <laughs> And then after that, after that, somehow God connected. In fact, before I wrote the interview, 
I came to Benin by myself. My father was in America. The government advised him to leave, saying that the uh, people in Kano want to kill him. So it's better he leaves Kano at that time. So my father left for America and stayed there for four years. We didn't see him one day. I got to school one day and some of my friends were telling me how their parents want to kill my dad. You know how children are. They just talk, right? And they were telling me the plans of their parents for my dad. (laughs) How would you have responded if it was you? (laughs) Guess what? Funny enough, I was just looking. Mm. I was just looking. I went to Benin. Went to mama's house. I knocked the gate. I said, tell mama that Bishop Bello's son is here. Immediately she heard. She said, bring him in. Took me in. Um, mama, bless her heart. If you know the Archbishop Margaret Idahosa, that woman, she's a virtuous woman. She has one of the largest hearts that I have met. Then I was, I was so young, short, I remember knocking at the big gate. <laughs> As if I'm tall now, Abby. <laughs> knocked at the door walked in there because mama's house is so big that you have to trek first you pass football field first you get it before you enter the main house and then there are other houses chalets she has over over almost a hundred staff in the house and then I got there and she welcomed me how is your daddy how is everything God was divinely connecting me some, to something I didn't know I went, if I mama bought a big card, a, a, a congratulations um, message for me. I remember I kept that card for, for years until I lost it. Mm. <laughs> until I lost it. But, but in that card, she wrote by herself, congratulations, Phil. You've gained admission to study medicine. See, you know, sometimes you should be deliberate about little things. Mama was so deliberate about little things for me. I didn't come with my parents. And then after I finished school, um, nine years after, you know, I, I came to the house. I started to stay in the house. I never knew that there was a supernatural connection between the graces that were over that house. I never knew. I lived in her house for about two years. She called me and says, Bill, I'm going to give you a room in my house. I want you to stay here. I was a doctor in the house for about two years. Sometimes I'll go up to the room, check, check, up, check, check up on her. You know, hello, how are you? There was a day I advised her, mom, you're not going to go to work today. You have to stay and in, 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 in just rest because she had a series of programs. And she stayed. She dressed up ready to go. And then she listened to me and went back and changed. Cancelled appointments. The next day, she ran out because before I come and say stop, <laughs> she moved. You know, I got connected to graces. I met Bishop Feb in the house. I met Mama Idawasa. I met Reverend Wale. God was connecting me to people who were relevant for where I was going. And I, I found out that the room I stayed in for about two and a half years was about the place where he was kept shortly after he died. Sometimes I will pray and begin to tap into the grace of this man. See, when I'm talking about tapping into somebody's grace, I'm not talking about a new Holy Spirit. No. I'm talking about dimensions. I'm talking about manifestations. There was a, so, I didn't consider my being in that house an accident. It was a spiritual orchestration. Needed me with the family. He gave me my first job. Bought my first car. Added money to the one I had. I've told you the story before. Called the VC, is it the VC or the, the medical? I don't know why I'm telling my life story here. <laughs> but I'm telling you the spiritual orchestrations and happenings of how God connected me with destiny. And you must understand that these things are not accidents. Life is spiritual. Because it's taking you to an ultimate aim, it's taking you somewhere. Some of you have met people who are key for your destiny and you pass them. 
You don't even recognize the graces of God. In fact, you don't need an angel to tell me, for those of you who are in this house, to know that you're meeting me is not an accident. You don't even need an angel to tell you. Look, by virtue of these encounters and these moments, God is going to open somebody's heaven. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you, you've been doing something over and over. You've been doing one thing or the other. Nothing is working. Guess what? There's going to be an open heaven. Amen. You know the encounter Jacob had where Jacob woke up and said, God is here. And I did not know. Somebody's going to have, look at four people tell them, life is spiritual. 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 Hallelujah. There are persons of spiritual significances. Persons of spiritual significances. One of the things that God blessed me with is, 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 to, is to be fathered by my father. I'm not saying it because he's my dad. That's one of the greatest teachers of the gospel. I, I learned by observing him. Do you know, some people's spiritual significance only began when they met some people. Are you following what I'm saying? In fact, there were some people whom, whom you needed to meet for the rewriting of the course of your life. What did Jesus tell Peter? He looked at Peter and he said, Peter, you've been toiling all night, launching to the deep. Peter said, Master, we've been here for, for long, all night. And we, but at thy word, thank God he obeyed. He saw the anointed and he recognized. He obeyed, he launched into the deep. He says, at thy word. The Bible says there was a great catch. There was a compulsory sharing of what God gave him. Because if he didn't share it, he would waste it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Somebody's coming into an overflow that you have to share. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You are coming into an overflow that you have to share. you no longer a fisher of fish but a fisher of men. It means the the life of Peter was redirected by meeting Jesus. Life is spiritual. God wants to use you to redirect the course of certain people's lives. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? God is going to use you as a portal. Okay? That when people meet you essence begins to come into their lives essence begins to come into their spirit. You didn't meet some people by accident. Okay? You didn't meet some people by happenstance. It was a spiritual orchestration. Hallelujah. Life is spiritual. The Bible says that Saul prophesied because he was amongst prophets. Saul came in the midst of prophets. And he was not a called or ordained prophet. But he began to prophesy like the prophets. And when people saw Saul, they said, he saw also one of the prophets. Because he was in the company of prophets. You meet certain people, you begin to walk in certain dimensions. It's not a joke. You meet certain people, you begin to walk in a higher level of operations. When, I, when God brought me in touch with Pastor Wally, my insights to scriptures opened. My father will wake up one day, I mean in the morning, and he will tell us, what do you see in the scripture? What do you see in the scripture in our morning devotion? And then, you, you know that song we always uh, did? Uh, God has something to say. God. Listen. My mom will sit us down. Uh, okay, there's another part. Brother Junior... That's when it's your turn, right? <laughs> Some people are just looking. It's like you didn't do it. <laughs> Praise God. See, don't worry. If you didn't have those experiences, you would, you would create them for your kids. This, these are the things that shape in our lives. There's a picture of my mom who took uh, she, uh, There was a picture. She was sitting down on the bed and the three of us, myself, Priscilla, and Nath, my, my other sister in Lagos wasn't born at the time. So just the three of us were sitting in front of her. With, with a, she was with a big Bible and her glasses. You know those glasses that fall? 
Praise God. Teaching us the word. Teaching us the word. You're going to create those experiences for your kids. Because those are the moments, those spiritual moments that your, your children need to grow up. The wisdom to raise a child. As a father to give your child spiritual significant moments. That when they are writing the autobiography of their life, those things will come first. It's not about meeting sister Tinuke. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those things come first in priority. These are the things that are shaping my life. There's something wrong with meeting Tinuke, amen? <laughs> Praise God. There, there are some of us who, who God brought into atmospheres. Atmospheres of thick spiritual um, um, encounters. Those atmospheres are the things that we run with maturity today. We, we, we have seen God move. We have seen the power of God. Some people have not seen what you've seen. It will shock you. Some people have not seen the move of God before. Some people have not seen it. But guess what? If you stay long here, you are going to see those moves. Those portals where you will say, God is here and I did not know. I feel there's somebody here who will go to sleep and God will reveal himself again. As you wake up, you wake up praying in the Holy Ghost. Wake up praying, gingered in the Holy Ghost because of a revelation of the Spirit of God. And then we'll quote those scriptures. We'll say those things. Those things shaping our lives growing up. Those were spiritual moments. Those were encounters. Hallelujah. And then he said, it's Paul also amongst the prophets. But guess what? The moment he left, those people, he stopped prophesying like them. There are some things that are caught when you are within certain people. See, find people that are key for your spiritual significance. Stay with them. Stop looking at the natural occurrence of things to judge spiritual significance. That's an instruction for somebody. Stop looking at the natural occurrence of things to judge spiritual significance. Because it's deeper. Are you getting it? It's deeper. Because the moves that you're going to walk in this year, right? You're going to walk in in certain moves that people will not understand your ways. But all they will see are results. Are you getting what I'm saying? They can't explain. Today you are here, you are, you are like the wind who is moving as one led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says for as many as are led by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. People can't explain your moves. But, but you are functioning as led. The Bible says the steps of the righteous, they are ordered by the Lord. God ordered some of you to me. And I know why. If I, if I tell you some of the ways I met some people here, you'll be shocked. If Pastor Ideal is in interpreting um, the spiritual significance of how he came to Abuja, he will not start with Owando by the Holy Ghost autobiography. Even though Owando brought him, but he will start with TSP. He will start with purpose. He will start with assignments. Some of you think you are where you are because of the job. Or you think you are where, we, where you are because of something that happened. No! There is another narrative. There is another story. That's what I'm trying to say to you. There is another explanation to why you are there in that family. Do you know the believer is never without help? Do you know that? The believer is never without help. Some of you think you are in a place and you've come to your wit's end. No, there is no wit's end with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Spiritual moments. Hallelujah. They are persons of spiritual significances. Persons of spiritual significances. You know, when I was telling you that don't use the natural occurrence to interpret spiritual significances. Because many times, when you are narrating a natural story, the cause of the Holy Ghost narrative is different. 
Do you know that there are some people in the Old Testament who had certain records, but when it was in the New Testament, the, the narrative was different. Let me show you. Let me show you one interesting one. Uh, um, Genesis chapter eighteen, verse twelve. Genesis chapter eighteen, verse twelve. Quickly, it says, "Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, this was when God said you are going to have a child, right?'" It says, "Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Where's my Lord? <laughs> my Lord, <laughs> His Lordship." <laughs> The Bible says, Sarah laughed. She doubted. She doubted. Say, shall I have pleasure? My Lord. That thing must sound. Being old. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. The Bible says, by faith. Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Excuse me? She judged him faithful who had promised? Sarah. When I just showed you now, are you getting what I'm saying? That she laughed at the sayings of the prophet. See, don't interpret your life by the natural narratives. Do you know do you know that God said to Abraham? He said, "Abraham, take your son." In Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, "Take your son, your only son." Hey, God. How many sons did Abraham have? Really? How many sons did Abraham have? He had two sons. There was one of a natural narrative. But there was another of a spiritual narrative. Genesis chapter 12. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Is it Genesis chapter 12? Let me show you. Let me show you. Yeah. Sorry. Genesis 22 verse 2. Genesis 22 verse 2. Genesis 22 verse 2. Says, then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a bond offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. God. See, do you know when God is interpreting your life? He interpret the way God sees. It's not the way man sees. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is a good place to stay. The way God sees, it's not the way man sees. Do you know that men saw that David did not qualify? In fact, his father forgot he was there. The prophet came, wanted to, an, wanted to anoint the sons of Jesse. He says, bring all your sons. The Bible says Jesse lined up his sons from Eliab, all of them. Right? And then he, as he, as he saw the first child, he saw him built on the natural. He said, oh, this one is fit for a king. The moment he wanted to take the oil to pour upon the first, God said, stop! Why? Because man looks at the outward, but I look inside. There has to be a mistake somewhere. And then the prophet asks Jesse, do you have another son? That's why some theologians believe that David was a half-child. Right? David was um, a, a child born out of wedlock. He was not really in the family. But you know, God is interested in the bad boys. God is interested in the weak ones. God is interested in the ones who have no significance for themselves. I'm telling you. God. Don't play with God though. God, it is only God who can take somebody from the back and put the person in the front. It's only God. It's only God who can bring the downtrodden and make him the most significant. You become the lowest and you become the high and the mighty tomorrow. God, only God can do that. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You know what I sense in my spirit? I sense there is a switching. There is a switching of places now. There is a switching of places. There is, there is, there is a transparency. There is a transposition. 
a transposition of significance. Hallelujah. Look, when God met Gideon, alright, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. The Bible says that Gideon was doing something that weak people do. Threshing wheat in a wine press out of timidity. And then when the angel was talking to him, because Gideon coming from a weak family and from the weakest of the weakest family, from the weak clan, is there somebody who you are not born with a golden spoon? But guess what? You will give your children golden spoon. Look, don't play with my words because as I'm saying them, I'm saying them inspired by the Holy Ghost. You are not born with a golden spoon. But guess what? Your children will eat with golden spoon. Any school of their choice, you have the resources to take them. When you are telling your story, it's different for, for you. It's different for you. Do you know how many people who grew up as rich kids, do you know where they are today? It's not about who starts first. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not about who begins first. And guess what? There is so much of space in the sky. It means that if you have space up there, I also have space there. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible says, the, the angel of the Lord said to Gideon, it says, Thou mighty man of valor. He's looking at somebody who is weak. And he said, you are a mighty man. I'm looking at a, a lady who feels that because of something she did, her essence was taken away. See, can I correct your impression? Can I correct your impression? You have failed to look at the right picture. Do you know there is greater in you than him that is in the world? What essence are you talking about? No man can take your dignity. If, if, if something happened to you, maybe you, commit, you had abortion or you had sex timeless, times without nobody. See, no man, nothing can touch your dignity. Do you know how many virgins are regretting at their marriages today? And do you know how many people who don't deserve the best of men but have the best of men? Who did Jesus meet at the well? A woman who had five husbands. You think it's by qualification of the natural? Who did Jesus talk to at the well? She had five. The one she was with was the sixth. And guess what? She was, God was preparing her to be the greatest evangelist of her time. Look, don't play with God. Because he can take you from the back to the front. That's the God we serve. He knows how to transpose people. People who are nothing. Do you know the Archbishop Benson Idahosa was thrown into trash when he was born by his mom? I don't know if it's by his mom actually, but I heard, yes, by his parents, that he was thrown into the dustbin because he refused to die. Fred Hammond was aborted severely and refused to abort. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't play with God because when God is working, you see the natural, but he's seen the spiritual. He's seen the essence of what he's doing. Ladies, hear me. Nobody can take your dignity. There are some people who are living in condemnation. You feel your essence was gone. Who told you your essence was gone? What are you talking about? You know who is in you? He says you are, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I sealed you. You are in my hands. Anyone, if you are in Christ and Christ in God, how can the devil touch you? You get what I'm saying? Oh, you're a man. You feel one of the greatest problems of men is regrets. Men, if men begin to regret today, is one of the greatest problems or challenges of a man. Regret. I wish I knew. I should have done this. I, I serve a God who knows how to turn the times, who knows how to turn the seasons. I serve a God who knows how to shorten time. For the years that the canker worm has eaten, I will restore them back. Do you know when God begins to make three months look like two days? Do you know when God begins to make six months look like one week? That's the God you serve. I'm confident. Said, for we know that all things work together for them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. 
The Bible says that the woman came from behind. That she, she purposed in her heart that if I may touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. The Bible says she came from behind and she passed through the crowd. There are some people who are coming from behind. Come, you, are, you came to this city two years ago, three years ago, and there are people who have been here 10 years, 20 years. Some were even born here, but you are coming from behind. You are pressing through the crowd, but guess what? You are touching substance. There's an orchestration for you. Supernatural moments, spiritual significances, personalities of spiritual significances that are of the narratives of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> look at, look at, look at, look at, look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to verse 14. See something about Moses. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. To 14. Exodus 2 verse 11. It says, Now it came to pass in those days that when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. Now passion started to grow for his people. Right? Passion began to grow for his people. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Next verse. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Next verse. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Verse 14. Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Because you are in the palace. You want to open your mouth now to talk? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared. Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Next verse. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Let me show you something. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. The Bible says, By faith. This is the Holy Ghost narrative now. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid in three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Next verse. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the, the, the passing pleasure of sin. Next verse. Next verse, verse 27. It says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. See, do you know what the Holy Ghost is going to say about you? The Holy Ghost will contradict your story. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost will contradict your story. Don't play with God. In fact, slap your neighbor in high five. Say, don't play with God. He said, for he and he said, not fearing the wrath of the king. Are you serious? For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses? Where well, we just read that he was scared and he ran away. You know what, see, let me, let me wrap this thing up. But I came to tell some people that your story is not your real story. I don't know who is hearing me now. But your story is not your real story. There is a spiritual side to the story. There is a spiritual implication to the story. There is a spiritual narrative to the story. See, life is spiritual. You thought you walked you thought you were pushed. You thought you were you were cajoled, but you never knew that the Holy Ghost was leading you. You never knew. You never knew. You never knew. Guess what? Everybody who is here, okay, you must understand that your life is hidden in Christ, right? And there is perfection in Christ. There is perfection in Christ. Somebody's asking me, is God lying? God is not lying. Because the way God sees is not the way man sees. You are the one who is lying. 
you are the one who is lying to yourself. You know, I'm, I'm looking for people who will prophesy and, and see their lives and say these things are lies. Now, they are, I'm not saying they are not happening. They are happening, but this is a lie. Let God be true and everything be a lie. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are, there are certain struggles. This is a lie. There are certain failures. This is a lie. There are certain weaknesses. This is a lie. I'm moving in the God class. Oh man. I feel like preaching. I'm moving in the God class. You know, for the past four days, I was feeling weakness in my arm. This place, I was feeling my, my muscle here was twitching for the past four days. It was twitching. And I, I, I can show you the spot where it was twitching. It was twitching at the same spot, the same muscle. My left arm here. And then I was sitting down yesterday and I knew that there was a spiritual significance to that. Now, it doesn't happen all the time like that with me, but I could relate that to something I was going to say today. And guess what? The Spirit of God began to talk to me. He said, normally the right hand is the hand of strength, right? Okay? But, but there are some people who are in the place of weakness, that there's a twitching going on in their weaknesses and God began to talk to me how he will free some people from the place of weaknesses today I don't know who they are I don't know so I started to pray and I said God let your will be done today because as long as you are here and you are listening to me there are certain things that will not follow you out of that door no I know I know if I even if you don't say amen I I'm, I know what I've seen are you getting me? I understand it because for the fact that you came here, you obeyed the promptings to be here. There are certain things that will not follow you out there. There's supernatural deliverance that will happen to some people. Just by hearing. The Bible talks about the yoke that is being broken by the anointing. It says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing of God is powerful here. I feel the tangible presence. The anointing of God is here. Take advantage of the flow. Are you getting what I'm saying? If I lift up your hands now and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because if you are getting distracted, you are cheating yourself. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.